Hello, I'm Zev Newworth, and welcome to Creating a New Healthcare, a podcast series for healthcare leaders who are interested in fresh perspectives, new ideas, and bold solutions on how to advance the creation of a customer-oriented, value-based, and humanistic system of health. The views I express on this podcast are solely my own and do not represent the views of any other person or organization. Folks, I'm posting this podcast on Wednesday, April 15th, 2020. I am sharing the date because the days seem to be blurring over these past few weeks. On Friday, March 27th, I launched a limited podcast series addressing how the COVID-19 pandemic is reframing healthcare in the U.S., In this limited series, I'm reaching out to interview future-facing, courageous healthcare leaders, entrepreneurs, and practitioners, and asking two questions. How is the COVID-19 pandemic immediately changing the way you're delivering healthcare, and how will COVID-19 reframe American healthcare for years to come? The situation is changing daily, so in order to share the remarkable insights from these interviews as quickly as possible, I'm going to be releasing a new episode every few days this week and perhaps next week as well. Our guest this week is the remarkable Dr. Jennifer Schneider, the president of Livongo. Dr. Schneider previously served as the company's chief medical officer. She's also authored a book in 2019, Decoding Health Signals. Silicon Valley's consumer-first approach to a new era of health. Livongo is a cutting-edge digital health company that uses advanced remote patient monitoring and machine learning technologies to empower people with chronic medical conditions to live healthier lives. You can actually hear an initial interview I recorded with Dr. Schneider about the Livongo story. It's episode number 72. It was recorded, or actually it was released on October 23rd, 2019 on the Creating a New Healthcare podcast. Now, in this interview, we'll be discussing a number of really important and pertinent topics. Uh, I think the one that really captures me is why and how Livongo is being deployed specifically, and particularly at this point in time in the COVID-19 era, to assist in keeping patients with chronic disease safely and healthy at home and away from healthcare facilities. I think it's um, such an important story to hear uh, so many lessons to be learned uh, in the post-COVID era uh, about uh, how we should be adopting uh, Lavango's approach. So without further ado, let's drop into this interview I recorded just a few short days ago with Dr. Jennifer Schneider of Lavango. So, Dr. Schneider, I just want to welcome you back to Creating New Healthcare and want to just thank you first and foremost for taking the time right now because I know you and your organization, Lavongo, are super busy and doing amazing work. So, before we jump in to two or three questions, could you give a high level view about Lavongo? Yes, thanks, Ev. Thanks so much, and thanks for the opportunity to have a chance to connect today. Livongo's mission is to empower people living with chronic conditions to live better and healthier lives. And we do that predominantly focus on people with diabetes, hypertension, behavioral health, and weight issues. And we do this by three different components. The first is that we collect data remotely. So all of our biometric collection tools, such as our blood glucose meter, our blood pressure kit, our scale, they're all cellular connected. So that means that you just need to use it and we can capture the data and we capture that data remotely. 
The second is that we apply some deep data science to really understand where the member is in their journey, what we can do to influence their art, their history, their course of their care. And then the third is that we couple that with a human touch, recognizing that for those of us living with chronic conditions, we often need a human touch and we do that in a scalable fashion where we can, based off of the data, understand when somebody needs us. For example, if you have diabetes and your blood glucose is 60, we'll have a certified diabetes educator be on the phone with you within three minutes time. So again, coupling that remote monitoring service with a scalable approach to access humans. Hearing that again reminds me of the conversation we had a few months ago when I had the opportunity to interview you. And I just, I would encourage folks to go to your website and check out what Labongo does. It is I think one of the most, if not the most advanced applications of of digital health I've encountered is just absolutely brilliant. And again, I, I take my hat off to you. So let me jump in here and ask you the question of the moment, which is how has COVID-19, the current pandemic that we're experiencing, and which were clearly the ascent towards the surge curve in terms of the prevalence of those infected and requiring hospitalization, how has it changed immediately the way that Livongo is delivering healthcare and working with collaborators and partners that you're supporting in delivering healthcare? It's a great question. So the population that Livongo services today is the vulnerable population. So our members have diabetes, they have high blood pressure. When you look at what's happening with the world of COVID, people with chronic conditions are no more likely to contract COVID-19. However, when they do, they have increased amounts of uh, mortality associated with the infection. So if you look at New York City, for example, over 90% of all deaths in the population of people with COVID-19 were in people who had chronic comorbidities. So Livongo's ability to continue to capture data in the remote monitoring world where people can stay at their home in isolation and be able to capture and give recommendations has been really critical for us. In many ways, COVID-19 has accelerated the attention on remote monitoring and telehealth generally across the space. And this has allowed us to really deliver our services to the populations whom are most in need at a time of crisis. That's such an important point, which I'm not sure how widely understood it is, that the vast majority, the overwhelming majority, you were saying 90% or more of the patients who are experiencing the severe symptoms of the coronavirus 2 infection are those who already have existing chronic diseases. So this is the vulnerable population, and this is the population you're taking care of. That's right. And I think the other thing to remember is that even, you know, it's interesting as we look at the hospitals in certain regions within the United States are already at max capacity or nearing max capacity. And we've had a number of inbound requests for patients who are in hospitals to leverage our technology and our solutions so that caregivers don't even have to go into the room of those people, but they can instead capture the data and deliver the care needed uh, while maintaining some of that distancing to prevent infection spread. So the biggest, the biggest value is keeping people in their house, keeping people outside and delivering the service to them with or without COVID-19, because that's mostly, most of us live our lives outside the world of a hospital. But in this special time where we're really concerned about decreasing contacts, there's even a broader use for what we've been able to develop. Here's the way I'm I'm seeing what you're doing. You know, you've been on this trajectory and, you know, as you pointed out, you've got people with chronic diseases who can use these home monitoring or these personal monitoring devices, remote monitoring devices, 
And so you're getting the data automatically and it doesn't require extra steps on the part of the patient or the part of other providers or, or staff. You've got this machine learning, artificial intelligence that is analyzing this, looking at multiple streams of data around the patient, personalizing this, customizing in a way which is just remarkable and, and I think unique in many ways. And then you've got an overlay of people calling and connecting with the patient as well. So just absolutely brilliant, one, two, three. Now you were on that trajectory before. Now COVID hits and everyone is scrambling to keep people out of clinics, out of the exam rooms, out of the doctor's offices, out of the urgent care departments, out of the emergency rooms, clearly out of the hospital for numerous reasons, one of which is you know, to prevent the spread of disease, particularly as you point out in these patients with chronic disease who are the most vulnerable to getting severely sick from the COVID-19. So here you are, now the situation has changed, the environment has changed, and it almost seems like the trajectory of where you were going, the rest of the healthcare system is almost sort of caught up to it. So you're incredibly well situated to provide a solution, whereas in the absence of what you're doing, essentially we're using pen and paper or electronic medical records to try to reach out to patients, to try to connect with them. I mean, the vast majority of visits have been converted or are being converted to virtual visits. And you already have a way to do this that is sophisticated, elegant, incredibly effective, and incredibly efficient and tech-enabled. So it just seems to me like you are offering a solution that we need right now. And I just would love to have you respond to that a bit more. Yeah, it's a really great question, Seth. Thank you for that. You're right. And so when Livongo was launched, we launched under the premise that for those of us living with chronic conditions, we spend 99.99% of our daily life living outside of the healthcare arena. So for example, I have type 1 diabetes and I am constantly making decisions around what I should eat, when I should exercise, how much insulin I should give that my doctor knows nothing about um, and doesn't influence or advise. And so through the Livongo solution, every time I check my blood glucose, it's gotten to know me and it knows it knows my preferences and knows what words I respond to and nudges me to take certain actions to improve the overarching use of my health. Now we've done that and we've been doing that for four years with over 800 clients and hundreds of thousands of people on our platform before COVID-19. So what that's allowed us to do is really deeply understand at a very unique member level, what are the healthcare needs and how do we influence and nudge behavior? The world has shifted. And for the first time, I think almost everybody in the healthcare ecosystem now really understands the, the um, uh, both the strength and what we can accomplish with remote monitoring. And we've had to understand that because we're in a time of crisis where there's not enough healthcare needs and we're trying to keep people out of the healthcare system because of COVID-19. I believe that the, the healthcare delivery systems will fundamentally shift moving forward with greater recognition of the remote monitoring needs. And if you look at the work that's been passed in the stimulus package, for example, we're now allowing Medicare members to access remote monitoring, a big emphasis on rural and tribal areas, you know, lower first dollar paid, um, no need for a referral to access telehealth. Again, the ecosystem is recognizing um, this world where remote monitoring is playing a larger and increasingly larger role for people across the ecosystem. And where we've had a very strong advantage, again, is in this vulnerable population where for years we've been building on our AI platform and can really deliver a solution that's very beneficial to our members. You know, our net promoter score is in the mid-60s. We have published documented clinical outcomes for improvements in diabetes and hypertension, weight reduction, behavioral health. And we've been able to, I think, really important show an increased uh, cost 
cost efficiency within the equation where our clients are actually saving money. So again, all three things align. We've been doing this for years. The highlight of COVID-19, I think, has made the entire ecosystem rethink the care delivery system. And in that, because we take care of the vulnerable population, we're in a position to be of extreme use to those people. And that feels like a really great place to be for us as we deliver on our mission-based vision of empowering people with chronic conditions to live better and healthier lives. It seems like there's, you know, yes, there's an immediate need for what you're offering, which is this sort of virtual care the remote monitoring of chronic diseases. But it seems like once this has happened now in this COVID-19 error, it just seems unlikely that it's going to revert back to what it was before. And so, you know, I'm just wondering, are you even now, and do you foresee in the next year or two or three, or maybe just forever as we move forward in healthcare, that there's going to be this shift of, of care away from the in-person, more towards the home, again, more towards what you do, which is really continuous care, you know, I'm wondering even now, are you getting a deluge of phone calls from healthcare systems asking for your support and help in this? And you know, how do you expect that to play out over the next year or two? Yes. Yeah, so the answer is yes, we are. I think we have acute needs, like I described earlier, inbound needs across healthcare ecosystem. And I do think it will continue to grow. Again, I think the healthcare structure that we've built is very great for acute care needs, very great for um, surgeries, very great for delivering babies. In a time of COVID, we're really great at when people need escalation of care. However, the majority of healthcare is not that. The majority of healthcare is ongoing management, continuous ongoing management, and changing the ecosystem where we can meet people where they are in their flow of their daily lives makes it not only better for the individual members, but makes it a more efficient, cost-efficient way to deliver healthcare to the broader population. So I do see, you know, we do see a a large amount of inbound inquiries and increase in the services that we provide. And I do think that this framework by which we're providing these services, certainly for people with chronic conditions, is here to stay. I may argue that it was here to stay before COVID-19. COVID-19 has sped that up, if you will. Um, but I think we're in this ecosystem where there's a greater recognition that this is the right care delivery model for conditions that are chronic in nature and then reserve the hospitals, the doctor's offices for more acute issues. It is a bit of a shift, though, and I know you and others have talked about this, the idea that the in-person visit becomes almost like a secondary or tertiary care intervention, whereas primary care is really done the way that, you know, Livongo is offering it. And, you know, again, I think this point is in this particular time of pandemic and crisis, and clearly the priority is on uh, mitigating the spread and treating people, identifying and treating people with the infection. What we lose sight of very quickly is the fact that the vast majority of healthcare in our time and the vast majority of encounters and the vast majority of utilization is on chronic disease management, well over 80%. And we can't you know, lose sight of that. We can't lose sight of all the people who are at home now with chronic disease. And you know, I'm just kind of curious how that strikes you. That's exactly right. As you mentioned, greater than, you know, some people say 85 to 
low 90% of overall healthcare dollars are spent on chronic condition. And again, it is this continuum of care where in an ideal world, right, your healthcare provider, your doc can help you make multiple decisions across the, the space over time, but that actually doesn't happen, right? And so it's this ability to meet people where they are in their home and deliver those nudges. Um, and I do think that the, the ecosystem, you know, if we look at the, the rates of diabetes, for example, um, there's over 500,000 new diagnoses of diabetes in the United States alone per year, right? And so we're looking at the growth of chronic conditions. And so it's, it is continuing to overwhelm the healthcare system. And so the delivery model of meeting people where they are and being able to influence and change those outcomes is, is radically important. It's such a good point. While the pandemic is accelerating the change, the change was going to happen and was necessary because, as you point out, the rapidly increasing prevalence of diabetes and other chronic diseases, our current system is just not structured to effectively and in a, in a cost-effectively deal with it. And I think that's, you know, again, just a, such an important point for us to recognize that this is not because of COVID-19. COVID-19 is unfortunately an accelerant though. So you mentioned you have type 1 diabetes, but I haven't heard a lot about the discussion about how this is impacting, you know, your life as a person with a chronic condition. How is this impacting people with diabetes and other chronic diseases in terms of particularly the social distancing, the sheltering in place, the lockdown of public places and restaurants and retail? I'm sure there's a difference uh, that you're experiencing. I'd love to hear how this is striking you and how you're hearing from your patients and your clients. It's a great question, and so I would say that in general, um, the lockdown, the shelter and home, so there's a number of things that all of us, with or without a chronic condition, are experiencing in those. One is increased amount of stress because you're in tight quarters, the unknown, looking at where the market, the economy is going to go. I think the second is there's a general appreciation for a more sedentary lifestyle that even as we're encouraged to get outside, it's harder to do. I think that is coupled with, for those of us, myself included, I'm now homeschooling a first, third, and a fifth grader while working during the day. I think the third is that um, there's increased eating. So there's a little bit of weight gain because you're, you're at home. Not only you're more sedentary, but there's not as many activities. So cooking continues to be one of those. Those, those three attributes influence people with chronic condition to a heightened extent above and beyond how they influence the, the overall population. For me, someone living with type 1 diabetes, I have been very active in my lifestyle in part because it helps me control my blood glucose value. It's been harder to be able to, in the juggling of three kids and a job, uh, no schools, no nanny, no healthcare, it's been harder to find the time to actually go outside and go for my daily run. I'm fortunate that I live in a very rural area so I can do that fairly, fairly easily, but that's been harder. When I don't, don't go for a run as often, my blood glucose values increase. They raise, add, add stress into that, and that increases your blood glucose value. So again, those three things that we talked about dif disproportionately impact those of us living with chronic conditions, and they decrease the health outcomes in that scenario. Such an instructive point. I think you're spot on, again, in terms of there's no question about the stress, the fact that we are more sedentary. And I know on a personal note, I've seen myself and others, we are eating more. And so this has a disproportionate negative impact on those with diabetes and other chronic diseases. I think understanding that this has a different impact on those with chronic diseases, I hadn't really understood it in the way you described it. And I think it's just so important that we, even in this time of pandemic emergency responsiveness, that we not forget about people with chronic conditions. And I think particularly 
I've been concerned also about those who are socioeconomically vulnerable, more vulnerable to the social determinants of health, like food insecurity, uh, transportation issues, just basic supplies, hygiene, and, and household supplies. I think that's another area, too, where there's a disproportionate negative impact on that segment of the population. Yeah, I agree, Zeb. I agree with you on the social determinants of health. And I think about it through the lens of I have seen in the area where I live, people who have lower incomes are are doing taking more risks um, in this time of social distancing because they can't afford to lose uh, any amount of money. And so there's not a cushion uh, for them, and therefore their health is at an increased risk along with that. I think one of the things that Lavango that we've done and found to be very effective is to our clients and to our members whom are living with chronic conditions, we've offered some additional mental health support in the forms of specific COVID-19 modules. And those COVID-19 modules in terms of mental health are very much around how do you handle stress? What do you do in this time when you're more distant socially and as social beings? How do you handle that so that your mental health can be um, adequate and healthy? And so we have a, a huge interest in our offerings in our mental health components around COVID-19 for our people with chronic conditions and even more broadly. Right now, just in the last day or so, the president has announced that the social distancing mandate is going to last at least until the end of month, until the end of April. So now we're going to be in probably some, somewhere in the range of six weeks at least, a minimum of, of this sheltering in place and social distancing. How long do you think it would take for us to begin to see what I'm almost calling like a second wave of decompensation of chronic diseases and emergence of some of the challenges around social determinants of health? I mean, do you think this is going to happen in the next few weeks or do you think it would take longer or shorter? It's a really great question. I think that we're starting to see that, again, from all the factors we just mentioned, increased eating, decreased exercise, increased stress, we're starting to see overall um, elevations in blood glucose levels, elevations in blood pressure levels. The impact of that, when will we see those? As you know, those are typically cause longer chronic conditions. So deterioration in cardiovascular work, increased risk of heart attacks, increased risk of strokes, increased risk of kidney failure, eyes, et cetera. But I do think that there's also an acute issue whenever your blood pressure spikes really high, your blood glucose spikes really high, that does cause additional strain in the healthcare ecosystem. I think it's, you know, we've seen a lot more reach outs around how to maintain, how to, how to continue to control that, in part because I think there's a growing awareness that the last thing you want to do is go into the healthcare ecosystem right now. An example is like I picked up all the skateboards and packed them away at my house because I just decided we're not going to risk a broken wrist. Like now is not the time to skateboard. You can do something else. You can break your wrist. Maybe jump it off the roof if you can get up there, but I'm going to take away the things that I know that I can take away to decrease the risk of having to go into the healthcare ecosystem unnecessarily. Similarly, people with chronic conditions, all of us, I think, at home are, are starting to say, how can I avoid the healthcare ecosystem? for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. You're raising so many good points. And again, I can't thank you enough. It is remarkable that you're receiving this information in real time. So it sounds like you're beginning to see increases, like you say, in blood pressure, increases in sugars. Is Lavongo, again, given how you are organized and responding to these, are you seeing an increase in the need you have to utilize your own resources to reach out to patients? We are. The way I think about it is that most of what's happening right now is that the biggest driver is the mental health strain, right, um, and insecurity around knowing what then to do. 
And one of the things that Livongo has provided for all of our members is this ability since the get-go, so for multiple years, is the ability to have a scheduled session with a coach who can actually look at your healthcare data and give you very, very specific recommendations on that healthcare data. And that's incredibly valuable. In fact, you know, I would argue that that's even more valuable than it than a call to a random doc over telehealth whom does not have your data and does not know you, has not known you for years. And so we do see our ability to influence and drive outcomes is heavily influenced in this acute time of need and that the value are combined with remote monitoring and that personal, that person connection who can see your data is incredibly valuable. If you're not starting de novo from scratch, we've really gotten to understand members and can offer very specific recommendations. Great. Again, your your insights, the information, the personalized, customized approach that you're taking with patients, I think the integration of the behavioral impact of what's going on, it just, again, such an eloquent and elegant approach. Can't thank you enough. I know how busy you are. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Yes, yeah, thank you for the opportunity. And again, my heart and gratitude goes out to people like your wife and our other friends and colleagues whom are on the front line, really doing um, a valuable, valuable service. And we're, we at Livongo are very delighted that we can be of assistance to empower people with chronic conditions to stay out of the healthcare system and allow them to continue to live their life and care for them in a time of need to reduce risk moving forward. So thank you so much for the opportunity to chat. Oh, thank you. And hopefully we'll talk again sometime soon. Thanks, Jennifer. Sounds great. Thanks, Ev. So folks, that was the interview recorded just a few days ago with Dr. Jennifer Schneider, president of Lavango. As you just heard, Lavango has for years been developing a highly sophisticated approach to chronic disease management that has been used by hundreds of healthcare systems and hundreds of thousands of individuals. What's amazing and elegant about their application is that it allows for greatly enhanced customization and personalization of care while also providing immediate responsiveness to patients' needs. So care is delivered continuously. That is where and when the patient needs it as opposed to the current reactive and episodic care provided in medical office visits and and visits and by care management programs. You know, Lavanco has been on this trajectory to deliver this type of care for quite some time. It, it seems that we in healthcare, the situation has now caught up to that need that health that Lavanco is solving for. It's a game changer. It's I think it's life saving uh, as patients with pre existing chronic conditions are are most likely to become infected right now with the SARS CoV two virus. They're also more likely to have morbidity and mortality from it. And I, I think it's also life saving for providers and healthcare systems, particularly during the COVID-19 pandemic, but I think in the future to come in that it really leverages automated technology to save time on the provider's part and to really allow providers to be focused uh, and most effective uh, where and when they can be. I suspect that once providers and healthcare systems begin to appreciate what Lubanco has to offer and its approach, we will see this and similar digital health offerings becoming ubiquitous and actually becoming the standard of care for individuals with chronic medical conditions. As always, I hope you've benefited from this podcast episode. My goal is to provide you with useful information as well as encouragement and inspiration and to serve as a catalyst for reframing and transforming our healthcare system. And as I do each and every episode, I'd like to conclude by thanking all of you out there who are doing the hard work each and every day of taking care of patients or those of you who are supporting those who are taking care of patients. 
in these times, especially in these times, I and we truly appreciate you for what you do. And we recognize how critically important your work is to individuals, to families, to communities, and to our society at large. My friends and colleagues, please, please, please take care of yourself. And please share this podcast series with your colleagues. This is Zev Neuwirth. You've been listening to a limited series on how COVID-19 is reframing healthcare in America, part of their Creating a New Healthcare podcast. Until next time, be safe and be well.